Hey everyone, welcome to episode zero. Um, for this episode, we just want to do like an intro episode, which is why we named it Zero, uh, just to give you basically a little overview of what we're hoping to do with this podcast. Um, basically, we've met a ton of people here in Shanghai and in our lives, and we noticed they all had really great stories, and we wanted to share those um, and didn't think you necessarily you know, need to be famous or in entertainment to share your stories. So we're basically just planning on getting some of our friends and people we've met together and telling long or short stories about their lives. So for this first episode, uh, me and Beryl just wanted to get together and almost do an episode with just us. Um, so we ended up just telling uh, one of our best stories, which is how we grew much closer as friends uh, when we decided to take a road trip across America. And um, the two of us, like I said, became very close, while the other two on the trip uh, grew a bit further away from both of us. So, uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. We are both monsters, if you ask some people. You don't know who that is? Oh my god. That's something that comes from the road trip. Oh, well. So. The road trip is a great story. It's difficult to tell because so much happened. So much happened. But it's something that I feel like I refer to Mm -hmm. like all the time, even though it happened, uh, what, like uh, maybe. Five, six years ago. More than that. No, no. Uh, No, like. We were 21, 22? No, not 21. Probably 22 or 23. Okay, so like seven years ago. Yeah. So this is a big story for us. Uh, just in general, I'd say anyone who's not from the U.S. or has never traveled in the U.S., a road trip is major for the U.S. Because the U.S. is gigantic. And a lot of people who aren't from there don't realize quite how like vast it is. We talked to a lot of Europeans, and you know, it's just like you can travel all of England in a day, or Britain, mm-hmm. or UK, or whatever. So we decided. I think it's also kind of a classical thing, particularly for Americans. Yes, it's very Americana. It's very Americana. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of like legend that goes around yeah. it, and then also just in terms of like pop culture, like mm-hmm. so many like family movies of driving across the U.S. Like so many like it's, it's the rite of passage to go yeah. on a road trip, and also like super romanticized. Mm-hmm. So we, we piled into a car to drive down to the south and then across to California and then up the coast a bit and then back to New York. So New York to California, four weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Three weeks, oh my three God. Three weeks and then back, or maybe like two and a half, whatever, and then I think the whole thing was like three to three and a half weeks and most of the time was getting to California yeah. to the point where when we... We're leaving California. It was like, it's Thursday. I have work on Monday. <laughs> we got to get home. Like, we dilly-dallied a bit, and so we're behind schedule. Um, so anyway, we piled into the car with Beryl and I, her friend from college, who was a bit of a naive person. I'd say a very sheltered, kind of princess type. Sure. Artistic princess. Yeah. And she wanted to do it specifically to challenge herself. Yeah. She had never even heard of a road trip before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our friend, friend of a friend who was a 
friend at the time, and then no longer, but uh, he was, you know, very excited for it, plus of the group besides me was the only other person with a driver's license, so we needed at least two drivers, because right. neither of the girls drove. So one of my main motivations was going for going was I really wanted to go to Graceland, big Alice fan, and yeah. then this kid, Reed, uh, had growing up wanted to be an Elvis impersonator mm-hmm. and also had like some family in Virginia had some friends in California well in Tennessee right no in Mississippi why don't we go to Hash show then uh, his dad knew the guy who ran Hash so okay. we just stopped by there which right, is right. a print shop in Nashville I believe um, anyway so with all those things it was shaping up to be a pretty good trip yes and I was excited about it because, number one, because I can't drive, and I got to be asleep in the back seat <laughs> yeah. the entire time. And then also just because as somebody who grew up as a skinny kid, like, I had no concept of how big America was. Yeah. I just felt like, oh, we're 22, like, we don't have, <laughs> we're not going to have this opportunity to be young and dumb for very yeah. much longer, so we better do it. And you also can't always take off from work for three plus weeks as we did yeah luckily we all had jobs that were very lenient on that sort of thing sure um so the trip started pretty well uh driving down the east coast down to graceland right um Um, going through virginia and stuff it still felt like uh like a extended sleepover yeah it's just a long long drive nothing major um and we get to Graceland down in uh, Memphis, which, you know, has some stories on its own. I don't know if you want to get into any of those. Yeah, I had a, <laughs> I mean, one of the biggest surprises for me was um, Heartbreak Hotel. Mm-hmm. The now defunct, defunct Heartbreak Hotel, Hotel. At, at Graceland. Yeah. Uh, so originally we had just planned to go to Graceland. And then when we got there, me and Reed... Decided it would be a fun twist that we snuck. Okay, wait, 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 yeah. wait. Wait, the way that this was, the way that I remember this mm-hmm. is uh, we had booked a room mm-hmm. and then the tour, of course. Yeah. Um, and there were a bunch of theme rooms at the time. Yeah. Uh, that we were really curious about but couldn't afford. Yeah, they were much more. Right. So after checking in, Sean came to me and said, why don't we just go look at them? Like, we should just go check them out, see if anybody's in there. Like, maybe we can just, like, sneak a peek. And I was like, we can't do that. We're going to get in trouble, and then I'm going to have a lifetime ban from the Harper Hotel. I'm never going to be able to come back here. I was just like, oh, God, this is going to end horribly. Like, this is going to be some of your, like, mischief that you talk about all the time. (laughs) Like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, like, accessory to whatever kind of bullshit that you guys are getting into. And yeah, and then um, the door opens. Alright, you, you remember this totally wrong. What? What happened was we went down after we checked in and like, you know, kind of sweet talked the woman at the front desk to say like, hey, are there any unavailable theme rooms that weren't claimed that maybe we could get at like a discount or something like that? And she was like, well, I don't know tonight. Check back tomorrow morning and if there's anything open, maybe we can like put you in there. So we did that, 
ended up getting so there was like the mega suites then there was like the smaller theme suites and one of the smaller ones was available and the woman who we were like super nice with said like no one's there so like we can put you in that room for no extra charge it's only one bed but there's like a pull-out couch or something but we can move that so that day we were gonna go to graceland and we basically were like, let's get Beryl out of the hotel for like an hour and you move <laughs> all the stuff. So we went, I was like, oh, let's go look at, I don't know, something at like the place. And then Reed was like, oh, I forgot my ticket or something and went back to the hotel, moved all our stuff to the theme room. Then we told Beryl we found like some window on the top floor that had a great view of Graceland or something. And as we're like walking down this hallway on the top floor, which you're not supposed to be on. Reed just, like, opens one of the doors from the inside of the theme room to, like, surprise Beryl. Yeah, I really thought that we were going to get arrested for, like, the first two minutes of it. They just broken into the roof of the Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah, I just remember the girls that Reed dragged along uh, and then yeah, being like, are you going to cry? And I was like, not in front of you. I don't know. So tell them about the room. Oh, my God. Uh, we really lucked out. We got the golden platinum suite. The entire living room painted platinum with like music notes on the wall. And then on the TV, you had Ellis movies running 24-7. The entire bathroom has all gold fillings. And then the pièce de résistance is in the bedroom. The headboard is a solid gold record. It's a gigantic gold record bed. Uh, it was the stuff that dreams are made of. So, we all had a great time at Graceland. Uh, Sam's... Well, first I want to ask you. Oh, okay. Uh, so, Reed took the living room, because mm-hmm. I'm sure he was just grateful to be alone yeah. for a minute. And then you and I shared the room, mm-hmm. but this is like before we started dating. Yeah. Was it weird? I don't remember. Uh, I'd say no. Uh, I figured at that point it was more like we shared the room because of the three of us. Me and you knew each other. Versus, like, Reed was kind of the third wheel there. Not yeah. in, like, a romantic way, but just... He was, like, a friend of a friend. So. Yeah. But I don't remember. It was a big bed, so... Right. But I don't remember anything. But... Can we skip over most of the Gabriella ex-boyfriend stuff? I was just going to say, she didn't join. She did not join. So, most of us had a great time at Graceland. We were all... Well, those two were Elvis fans. I was now a converted Elvis fan at this point. Um, <laughs> I mean, Graceland is fun if you're an Elvis fan. Or yeah, it, it's hard to not love the guy after you go there. The house is ridiculous and everything about it. So the uh, the fourth person on this trip, this girl, uh, decided to completely skip Graceland and met up with a friend of hers. And again, just basically for the day and a half we were there, just was a ghost. Like, as soon as we checked in, she disappeared and basically met us on checkout after the weekend. Um, so that was the first strange red flag with her. So then after that, the trip started to have some weird turns, I guess. So we began our trip west, basically skipping all of the south and uh, the south, Texas, all that. Um, we had a few stops we almost hit a texas trooper with our car um and he was i guess nice enough 
to let us go. He was yeah. a motorcycle cop too, so that would have been very bad. That would have been really bad. Where? Um, what about those cars? Wasn't that in Texas? That was in Texas, uh, Amarillo, Texas. Oh, right. We stopped there. That was nice. Um, then we drove through Oklahoma, where we uh, had an awkward uh, time eating sandwiches parked next to some uh, white power youth, which was interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know how he knew? Because they had swastika tattoos. Uh, not just swastika tattoos. His arms were swastika white swastika, other arms swastika power swastika. <laughs> Thank you. And I was like, everyone hurry up. We got to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, uh, I am the not, only person of color. Say, not only do car. we have a minority in the car, but our plates are from New Jersey, which just, I, I think the South hates the North, like, <laughs> in general. So pulling out of that gas station, they were also in, like, a Ford Bronco, something very intimidating. So pulling out of that gas station, I basically had my eyes glued to the rearview mirror, like, don't follow us, don't follow us, don't follow sure, us. Sure, yeah. Us. I like, mean, you know, I've heard go back to China a couple of times in New York, but never encountered mm. anybody like that. No, this is like some green room stuff. So we got out of there. Continued on to the desert, which was actually a great, uh, nice place. Uh, we checked out, you know, Grand Canyon, which is a place that if you see, it's, you know, a huge canyon. And it's whatever, but it's when you really, it's one of those things when you see it in person, you, you get it, uh, I think. Yeah, I never thought that I would ever go there. Like, I couldn't ever see it as a priority yeah. for me to go to. But then, like, just being, you know, um, sort of unfettered and, like, unplanned, like, it was something that yeah. really surprised me. Um, then we went to Moab Desert. So, on the way to Moab Desert, we stopped off, this is a little side thing, at this little, like, <laughs> off-road trail that we went down a little bit, but then it turned into, like, real off-road and my... Volkswagen Passat could not handle it. <laughs> um, there was a small hill that I decided to do a uh, spot on Danny Trejo as Johnny 23 from Con Air impression, where he yells, hey, we got company, and then run down the hill, somehow in the process, completely throwing out my back at <laughs> age 23, doing Danny Trejo impression, yeah. and then... Literally, also, no one was there. To nobody was there, strictly for Barrel, who probably didn't get the reference. And then we had to drive like to this cabin in the woods with my back just completely fucked. Like I sat up half the night because I couldn't move. Uh, also, at the time, our muffler at this point was completely broken. <laughs> so again, a Volkswagen Passat sounded like a Mustang, like pulling into desert cabins like where no noise is going on oh, was at that night. the hostel yeah it was like it was this like series of like camping cabins but of course it's like it's the middle of the desert so it's like wooded or there's like woods desert and it was like so silent and we just roll in with the loudest car like ooh. and but it was fun it was fun yeah i mean that was the only time we had to stay in bunk beds yeah yeah but I think that's sort of where, like, the division in our group really began. Yeah, I mean, this was already, like, a week or two into the trip. So it's like, you know, you spend a lot of time in the car together. Right. Tensions get high. Yeah, and it's not even because you don't, because you hate those people, mm -hmm. I think. Just any time that you are with someone for that long, yeah. I mean, something is bound to be frustrating. I believe also this was, was this post-sleeping on the sidewalk? No. No, that was later. That was much later, I think. That was on the way back, I thought. Hmm. Um, 
But I will say, of that trip, mm -hmm. you are the only person that I still talk to. Yes. Both of us. Both of us. Only talk to each other. Um, but we went through the Southwest, which was nice. A lot of small towns. Very, uh, you know, a lot of art and, you know, basically how Southwest would be. Like Route 66. Mm -hmm. It's a very, like, become a touristy, Americana tourist. Yeah. Like, I love the Wigwam Hotel. You stayed at the Wigwam Hotel, which a friend of ours, the one who uh, was on the trip, Reed, was is a lifelong goal of his to stay at this hotel <laughs> that was on Route 66 called the Wigwam Hotel, where it was a series of... There's apparently one in California that was a ripoff of this original one from Arizona, Fallbrook, mm -hmm. Arizona. And it's a series of giant plaster fake like you would see at Disney World wigwams that have hotel rooms in them and outside each one in the parking lot is a classic car so you sleep in a wigwam for the night but they're like, actually really comfortable inside. yeah it's a total like hotel room it's like completely yeah. fake like that cheesy plaster stucco, yeah like, like stucco right with southwest fittings yeah <clears throat> but that was a fun little you know night there in this like teeny town where the, you know it's the not even a block long yeah. downtown. Like. Yeah, I really loved, um, like, uh, the flatbread tacos. Yeah. Like, the Native American fried bread. Oh, my God, those are so good. Yeah, a lot of the food there was good. Um, so, after that, we went to Vegas, which was at our return to civilization. We've been driving through the deserts for several days. Uh, turns out, Las Vegas, not the best place to go when you're on a budget. Because everything, <laughs> everything costs money. Um, there's not Having a lot of fun, fun costs to money be had. Yeah. Um, so we ended up getting some crazy high-end suite just because we booked last minute. And our room wasn't ready. So the woman at the desk, again, hooked us up with like some crazy suite. Uh, it was quite, quite nice. Yeah, <laughs> you and Reed were real sweet talkers. Yeah, we kind of like talked away into that and... It was weird. The hotel, the room wasn't fully cleaned, so I don't know what was going on there. There's probably some shady things going on there. <laughs> but uh, then we decided to. We were on the old old strip, and we wanted to walk down to the new strip where all the like hotels you see are, which turned out to be a total disaster. We walked there or walked back. We tried to walk there and gave up because it looks like it's right there. It's and so it's bright. so far yeah. away. Like it's come on and. Between the two is not, like, the nicest area. So as it got worse and worse, we're like, I think we should splurge on a cab. And cabs apparently are quite expensive. So we went down there just to check it out. And um, the next day before we left... Oh, wait. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think at that point it was, like, pretty clear. You, me, and Reed were on the same wavelength. Yes, like, the three of us same, hung out a lot. We had the same kind of priorities for what we were trying to get out of the trip. And then this girl ended up being the odd one out. Yeah. Um, so while we were in <clears> Vegas, like, she really wanted to just, like, stay in the room. Like, she was psyched just to have, like, a she, regular bed. She's a not big adventurer. Like, that's the point of a road trip is you're seeing all these things and you're... You yeah. Know, we didn't book any major, like, stops. We kind of booked a lot of it on the fly. It's adventure. And this girl was, like, not having any of right. it. Like... She barely ate anything. She was so picky about everything. Yeah. Not only that, like, um, she spent most of the time in the car, not looking out the window yeah. at 
at like where we were driving through, she would watch movies. Yeah, she'd watch movies on with her headphones in. Yeah, or like just listen to music, like sleep in the back. Yeah, like whatever she could do to like remove herself, Mm -hmm. kind of from. But when we got to an actual hotel, she did not leave said hotel for the day and a half we were there. Yeah, but I'm sure she was glad to be rid of us for a while as well. Um, Then we ended up in uh, L.A. with a friend of Reed's who. I mean, as far as I remember, nice guy. I don't know how you guys were. I know there was, like, it was a strange, strange atmosphere. Strange atmosphere. But um, I think, again, it was uh, the type of people we were with. They're, like, you know, very hardcore, not punks, but, like, you know, they're, they're rambunctious kids. And, again, this girl was very sheltered, and it was just not her crowd ever. Yeah. Again, let's just, just say, like, different Let's just say the things. guy who... Uh, goes to the bathroom and when he comes back is just butt naked because he thinks that's funny. <laughs> she did not find very funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, just like in terms of the way that you introduce yourself to people. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like we talk about this a lot. I mean, we've been together a long time, so if I joke to you about, you know, like, were you looking at her? Like, for us, like, we know that's not serious. Mm-hmm. But if you do that in front of other people, they're going to be like, oh, yeah. God, like, was he looking at her? You know, like, is she overreacting? Like, they would take that seriously because they have no context for mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? So I think it was just like one of those scenarios where um, this joke kind of just went too far. But then also, like, they're letting us stay in their home. Like, yeah. they're like extending themselves and being pretty generous. I mean, the three of us, they've never met. Um, so, yeah, it was just like a weird. Yeah. It's also situation. just young. Kids. I mean, we were all, like, early 20s, like, young kids, like, fucking around. We're in L.A., just at this guy's house. And she does not... She clearly did not grow up around, like, that atmosphere of just, like, never taking anything seriously. And it was slowly just, like, eating away at her. Like, because of her timid protectedness, that only made her a bigger target for everybody. You know, it's like, they smell the weakness. And it's like, how can I exploit this? So she was the clear target... Of the four of us. Yeah. Not only amongst ourselves, but when we would, like, meet these other people. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think about a lot, you know. I mean, like, I wish that I had stuck up for her more. But also, at the time, I didn't really know how to do that. Yeah. I wasn't really prepared to do that, like, on this type of trip. Um, and then... I mean, it was just, like, really uncomfortable. Like, what do you say? Like, do you try and be funny about it? I mm. mean, like, do you just stick up for her? Do you try to, like, push for an apology that you don't really feel like they owe mm-hmm. her? You know? So, so I mean, that was, like, kind of um, a struggle for me as well. Yeah. Like, even if, I knew, even if I wanted to do something, like, would I know what to do? Mm. So... LA was interesting. We didn't we didn't adventure much there. It was mostly just hanging out with people we knew. And then we went up to San Francisco, um, which was a great time uh, driving there. We took the PCH. Uh, I was luckily the one who got to drive, so we got to drive there overnight. Which was basically, if you've ever seen a car commercial that looks like it's in the U.S. driving over cliffs with ocean, that's the PCH. It basically winds along the very cliffs of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, and, like, you know, d- driving into dusk is 
one of the best roads in America to drive if you're a driver. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was a little bit freaked out because it's mm-hmm. really like the, a straight drop off, and then when it gets dark, you can't even tell the difference between what sky. Oh yeah, and there's what a lot scene. of there's a lot of road f- reflectors when you're up there <laughs> yeah. at night because like that's how you drive up there. Yeah, but I felt very safe with you driving. Yes, uh, I'm an amazing driver. You're Still an amazing am. driver. But, uh, you had some interesting experiences along the PCH. Along the PCH? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, um, the subtext of all of this is, uh, that I knew that you had liked me for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was sort of on this trip that I started relying on you a lot, um, because I didn't really know Reed, and then I didn't really know how to deal with this girl, whether that was, like, taking care of her or being sympathetic or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what to do. And so, so yeah, so I just, like, um, I just felt like, uh, like, you made it really fun for me. And just, like, experience it together. Um, and uh, that's, like, sort of when I started having feelings for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember not really taking it seriously because I thought like oh we're on vacation who cares you know it's just because like it's like the romance of the trip and you Mm -hmm. know we're like caught up in it or whatever so I wasn't really paying attention to it I remember like we were on Venice Beach Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you know what I'm going to say? no you don't know what I'm going to say? I think you've told me but again my selective memory has like forgotten it (laughs) yeah Uh, and I was like singing along to something oh I like parody songs or something no, I was right, singing along to the radio, I think. And you said, Beryl, you have a beautiful voice. I was like, thanks, John. There you go, Beryl, you have a beautiful voice, just like your beautiful face and your beautiful body. Yeah, but like, everyone says that to you. Like, why do you think that? That's, like, not a thing, that's not a regular thing to hear. I don't, think, they, I don't think that I've ever gotten used to hearing that. I get that, like, twice that. a week. Yeah, right. At the Korean spa, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we were walking along and we were walking, like, looking for the other two Mm -hmm. and you were like, uh, you were like, what if we just like went out of the bleachers right now and made out like we were in high school. Mm -hmm. I was like, again, that's not like a thing that you say. No, it didn't work. (laughs) It's like one of those things where you could like, you're going to be like, oh yeah, great idea. Okay. Let's go do that. Or like, ha, shut up. Like I was joking. It's whatever. It It was like. It was like sort of a haha, not so funny moment. Not the first time that you've pulled that with me. Hmm. It worked. You shot for the fences. Side note the other girl, the only store that she went to in all of California was the American Apparel Outlet store on Venice Beach. Oh my god. She like sought it out, like didn't go to anything local or anything. Yeah. Another thing is, first time being in California. Venice Beach is like the beach you see on TV. It's like <laughs> the girls in bikinis rollerblading. That's maybe dated, but it's still like that's Venice Beach and blah blah blah. And I was like, oh great, the beach. Let's go like go into the water. It's like, oh you can't go in the water, it's too cold. I was like, what do you mean it's too cold? It's summer <laughs> and it's the it's California beach. Yeah. I'm like, oh nobody goes in the water. And I'm like, the fuck is wrong with this What's state? That warm water until autumn. Yeah, well neither is New Jersey beaches, but you still that's go in the water. Like, sure, yeah. Oh, so me and this girl go to, uh, I know this because of the sign we're outside, Venice Beach's premier psychic, 
card reader, <laughs> palm reader. Uh, and I love going to palm readers just because, I mean, whether or not you subscribe to tarot or horoscopes mm-hmm. or whatever, I think they do read your personality, and I think that it's, like, a really weird distillation of a first impression. Mm-hmm. Like, they're partially reading, you know, what they think of you based on how you look or how you yeah. carry yourself, but then it's also, like, like what they think that you want to hear. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, like, it's interesting for me, regardless of, like, whether or not it's really going to happen, and uh, she um, did a reading for this girl, and uh, the reaction was not great. I mean, it was, like, the opposite of everything that she she ever wanted. Yeah. Uh, Proceeded to go to several other fortune tellers that day to get the story that she wanted to hear. That's my favorite. When you're someone who goes to tarot card readers... And continues to go until you get the one you like. It's like, that defeats the purpose of going to tarot card I don't know. Get, you know, get it, girl. That's Whatever. A, again, a red flag. Of yeah. Like... But it was interesting for me because, first of all, she said that I was in business. So, at the time, I mean, you know, we're dressed for a road trip. Like, Did she um, guess you were in business? Yeah. Like, I was, like, probably very scummy at this point. Is that point. racial? Is it racial? I don't know. I've never... I've never gotten that before. <laughs> okay. Well, she wasn't like, it seems to me that you're, you're very interested in math and chopsticks. It wasn't <laughs> like that. Um, uh, she said that I had for business, and I was like, wow, really? Because I just wasted four years going to art school. Yeah. Um, and she was like, no, I don't think that you should see it that way. I mean, uh, she said, um, you'll probably try a lot of different careers before you land on something that you really enjoy, mm-hmm. which ended up being true. She said, um, you should take every opportunity you can to travel. Uh, and that was, like, right before I went to Southeast Asia and later when I would go to study in China. And uh, she said, um, she said, do you have any questions? I was like, well, you know, relationships, do you think anything's going to happen? And she said, you know, you don't strike me as a person that needs to be in a relationship. Like, if you were, then that's great. If you aren't, it's not going to ruin your life. Because the other girl, like, she was, like, yeah. banking on getting married by X number yeah. of years and et cetera, et cetera. And being a hot mom. Yeah, she's a married rich. Right. Um, so, I said, well, what about, like, the near future? She said, are you worried about somebody in particular? And I said, I don't know, maybe a little bit. She said, um, well, don't be afraid Ooh. to take a chance. The truth comes out. It was- <laughs> Because of the tarot card reader. Um, I think that she just meant that I should, like, open myself up to different opportunities. Like, I think the fact that you're like, well, what about, like, someone now? Should I? It's like, yes. Because you clearly want to. And it's like, <laughs> the fact that you're asking, clearly. Just that's that, what I'm saying. It's, like, the, it's like the therapy thing the where it's like, should I do this? Yes. That's $500. Like, you just need somebody to tell you yes. Yeah. She earned that. Whatever $10 it was. Um, But at the same time, you know, I think that it was something that I needed to hear. Like, professionally and personally. So, we were driving up Highway 1. And it's very scenic. And we're listening to doo-wop. And it was like, we had been driving up and kind of picking... um, stuff that we thought was appropriate for the setting like yeah. a lot of like what would you say 
The music was a we. <laughs> yeah, we let we let Reed run most of the music because he was more of a music person. So from the road trip, all I remember is a lot of Elvis, a lot of doo-wop like Sam Cooke, some country, mm-hmm. and then Pearl Jam. And those are the only things I remember. <laughs> See there, yeah. Yeah. Is it Pearl Jam country or like rock and roll doo-wop? Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, driving up Highway 1, I just felt like, uh, very emotional. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a lot of doo-wop in the car, but not exclusively Sam Cooke, I don't think. Mm. Um, and you started singing along. And you don't always do that, but you knew almost all the words. And then we got it at this scenic viewpoint, and you came over to me and you said, uh, all the songs are about you. Again, this is like not a thing that you say. I was, just, <laughs> you I was breaking it down slowly. <laughs> so Melting cruel. your icy exterior. <laughs> Bringing out that, the warm, gooey inside. Yeah, but, like, even for people that are in love, like, I never considered that, like, this is, like, what you would say out loud to a person. Cold exterior. Cold exterior. (laughs) So, yeah, so I think I, like, I don't know. I mean, it really, like, disarmed me. Mm -hmm. Do you want to keep talking about what happened in California? Yeah, you can. I'll let you tell it. (laughs) Um, so, I think partially just because of the moment, and then also, like, in reaction to that, like, as a pushback, Mm -hmm. uh, we stayed at this kid's house, and then, like, one of them, um, I ended up hitting it off with, and then we ended up hooking up. And, like, I was kind of like, well, like, I'm not in a real relationship, like, also, I don't want to sleep on the couch again, like, on the cold floor. Like, maybe, like, maybe I should just, like, go for it. And what I didn't realize is that uh, we shared a wall with the living room, which mm-hmm. was where everyone else was staying. Um, and then the next day, uh, we had, like, not just the four of us, but um, Reed's friend also joined us. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, really cramped. Um, I was pretty hungover, uh, and, um, two of the people in the car were not speaking to me at all. Is that, like, is that a pretty accurate statement? I'd say so. I mean, when you say it shared a wall with the living room, Reed was not in the living room. Right. But me and the other girl, who at this point, she reached her emotional break in San Francisco. Sure, yeah. Where she had a full breakdown of like everyone is my enemy no everyone's treating me like shit and I like I'm not talking to anyone and then both of us had to sleep in the living room while we could hear you through the wall and it was just like oof yeah not one of my prouder moments um and then rough drive through Iowa basically (laughs) very rough I mean particularly because like Reed and his friend were having so much fun like they were so excited to see each other so that was yeah we picked up a fifth person that, like, under some, you know, misleading uh, situation, like, we've now picked up this fifth person who's going to ride with us back to New York and, like, quote-unquote, like, pay for a bunch of gas and, like, all this other stuff, which he ended up not doing. Right. And it's basically, like, an unwanted fifth person. Right. And some of those things are the reason that I don't talk to 
<laughs> the fourth person in the car anymore. So that was like, I mean, that was one of the most painful days in many ways. I mean, partially because of the hangover, partially because I knew that I alienated the two friends that I had brought on this trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically felt like garbage. I mean, I think that, like, I credited a lot of it to just, like, I didn't know what to do, and, like, I was unprepared, and now I was having to deal with the repercussions of those actions. Too much emotions. What is this? Is this how (laughs) humans feel? I had no reference point for it. And then, like, I texted, um, like, some of our friends back in New York for help, and the response is basically, you know what you did, and you fucked up. (laughs) So that wasn't very helpful. Um, We were, like, at a truck stop, kind Mm. of in the middle of so we were, we were very behind schedule, so we drove through the night. Oh, no, this was before This that. was before, this that. Was before that. And this is, like, kind of when I reconciled with this girl. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, listen, I know that, you know, I was a piece of shit to you. And, like, uh, I realized that, you know, like, I was at fault. And um, I, whether you forgive me or not, like, I want to, like, acknowledge that. And after that, she, like, you know, I mean, we were, if not cool, then at least cooler for the remainder mm-hmm. of the trip. But you, I didn't know what to do because we had never been in this scenario before where you would not talk to me at all. Like, uh, I would, like, try and initiate things with you. Like, I would try and, I think, say sorry. Um, and you would, like, look at me but would not say anything mm-hmm. for... I'm just saying, eight to ten hours. Mm-hmm. I can stonewall people pretty well. Yes, I know this. I know it cuts deep. <laughs> and cuts then we deeper ended than up anything I could say at Little America, Wyoming, yeah. which is, I guess, a chain. Yeah. I think there were like two. It was these like truck stop, not truck stop, but like a rest, rest stop, stop hotel, yeah. motel, little thing. Uh huh. Um. So. Uh, this girl splurges and gets her own room. I don't blame her at all. Um, which leaves you and I and then Reed and his friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two rooms, uh, one with a king-size bed, mm-hmm. and then uh, I think like a double mm-hmm. or like a queen in a back room. And the king-size room has a TV in it. Mm-hmm. The other one doesn't. So Reed and his friend both have computers, but they want the TV room. And I was like, that's not fair. Like, you guys can, like, uh, use your computers and stuff. Like, you don't need to have, you know, an extra mm-hmm. source of entertainment. And he's like, yeah, but it's like, it's like a small bed. Like, we're going to, like, touch each other's hairy legs and blah, blah, blah. Like, no homo or something. Yeah. So, like, an idiot, like, an idiot, I go, okay, fine. What if we throw rock, paper, scissors for it? Like, an idiot. And then, of course, I lose. Of course. So, horrible, horrible, horrible situation. You and I are sharing this, like, back room. Mm-hmm. It's, like, only four walls and a bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's nothing to distract us at all. And then there's, like, a tiny, like, ensuite bathroom. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like, I'm so dreading it. I'm just, like, I'm going to have to eat shit for, like, the entire time back to New York. That's mm-hmm. what I think is going to happen. So, we both get ready for bed, and then by the time I get, I, um, you know, close the bathroom door, like, you're, like, face down, in your full clothes, on top of the blanket, 
Uh, and uh, I'm like, okay, so are you like gonna get up? Are you gonna get under the blanket? Are you gonna change clothes? And then you sort of like silently like shuffle around. Mm-hmm. And then what? You don't remember any of this. You don't remember any of this? I remember being there, but I don't remember, like, really what happened. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, the horrible memory. Okay, well, this is, like, a horrible memory, so that's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I... So, yeah, so I try to talk to you, and then I'm getting, like, more and more and more distraught about it. And eventually I'm just, like, you know, I... I know this is hard for you, but this is hard for me, too. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I don't know what I'm going to do if you don't talk to me. Because you're, like, the only person that I can talk to you on this trip. Mm-hmm. And you're one of my best friends. And I don't know if we had never, like, verbalized that before or what. Mm-hmm. But I think that you were kind of surprised by it. And you were really upset. And... That was the point where you turned over and you said, uh, I think that when we get back to New York, I just need to spend some time away from you, thinking about something other than you. Mm. <laughs> um, later on, you told me that like you kind of felt you had a chance to make a move or that I was trying to make a move on you, and you were so like disgusted with it at that point, like you didn't even want to think about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was prepared for that either. And, um, you know, you sort of said that it meant a lot that that I also felt like we were really close. Because you didn't have a lot of girl friends. I don't think you had had, like, a girl like me mm-hmm. um, ever. Yeah. Where we were just, like, as close as we were and in contact as often as we were. Um and not even, like, the same way as dating. I don't know. I mean, like, do you feel like in your previous relationships, like, you were, like, as close friends with these no, people? No, it's never, like, a female friend. Like, on the same level as my friend. Uh-huh. So, like, a girlfriend was, like, a different... No. They were, yeah. Set. They were, like, a girlfriend. I see. And we got along well, but not, like, someone I was friends with first. Mm, I see. So yeah, so I mean, I think that we talked a lot of, about a lot of things that we needed to talk about, mm-hmm. um, and then you made a joke. You were like, "Well, I hope this guy was better than your scummy ex-boyfriend," something like that, mm-hmm. and it made me laugh. And like after that, like we just kind of shot the shit for a while, and then around two thirty in the morning. Um, went out to the truck stop to get 50 cent ice cream cones. Yeah. Soft That's why we stopped cones. there in the first place. Because they had soft serve for 50 cents. Soft serve cones. <laughs> you know, our priorities were, you know, clearly straight. Yeah. So yeah, a couple of like weird things happened from there. Mm-hmm. Um, one was that you started putting your head in my lap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When we were, like, sleeping over... We drove we drove through the night, mm-hmm. and then that was when we were in Ohio? We were somewhere. We 
we're way behind schedule, so we had to drive through the night, and it was like through this massive rainstorm also. And then finally, like, we pull over that morning to get like a couple hours of sleep at some rest stop. Well, we wanted to go to the visitor center, and then the visitor center wasn't even open. It wasn't open yet, it was too early, and it was like, it had poured rain all night, so everything was wet. So we literally, like, one or two people slept in the car, and we slept, like, you couldn't sleep on the grass, you couldn't sleep on anything, because it was all soaking wet. Right, so we tried to spread out in the back seat, and then we tried a different, a couple different configurations, like, like, somebody's, your feet were Mm -hmm. hanging out the door, and then, like, my feet were, like, half, like, in the seat in front, and then, um, I remember being, like, this is, like, more physical contact than usual, but not, like, in a, Mm. in a conscious state to, like, contest it, and then, um, and then that's when we ended up on the sidewalk. Yeah. We were just, like, so miserable in the car, so the only thing that was, like, the other option was, like, a dry patch of concrete sidewalk outside the visitor center that we just said, fuck it, because we could actually lay down. Yeah. We, like bunch of bum kids sleeping on the sidewalk outside this visitor center yeah. at like 8 o'clock in the morning. So I was there first. I had my head on my knees because I didn't want to lie down. Um, and then you came over and I was like, get away. Don't look at me. And you brought these ponchos your mom had packed for us. And so like, I we had like one like still in the package as a pillow and then like one to spread out <laughs> like like a blanket, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was rough. Yeah. There was just, like, people, like, going into the visitor center just, like, staring at us. Like, yeah. Homeless people. Yeah. But, and after that, I think we, like, basically beelined it back. Well, we, Indianapolis. Yeah, we stopped in Indianapolis, went through a drive-in, and then... We stayed with... Stayed with a friend of Reed's as well. That he went on one date with. Yeah. Or rather, after their first date, they got... Tattoos together. Tattoos. Matching tattoos. And for Reed, he's covered in tattoos. Mm -hmm. So for him, I mean, you have to struggle and squint to try and find it. But for this girl, it was probably one of her only tattoos. But they end up, uh, due to all the tension in the car, and them, basically this fifth person not being wanted uh, by anyone, they were like, we're going to fly home from here. Well, not only that. We stayed in this house that was still under construction. The whole thing wasn't. They were just, like, redoing certain parts of it. Right. Like, the girl's, like, parents' house. Right. But not clear to us whether or not the parents were aware we were staying there. It was very... It was very shady. Yeah. And then, uh... Yeah, so the next day we drove back, just the three of us, which mended uh, our relationship a little bit with the fourth girl, because, like... Basically, the other two guys have been cut out, so it's like, weren't so mean to her all the time. Yeah. I mean, I thought you were really patient with her. Yeah. Like, some of the Well, it's more just like with her, it's always like, there's just like, she would say something like, not dumb, but like very like, oh, Gabriella. And then people would just like kind of bully her, and she didn't know how to stick up for herself, yeah. and it was like, oh. But yeah. But instead of, I mean, sort of jumping on those things, like, you kind of made an effort to, like, talk with her mm-hmm. and, like, answer some of those questions. She was pretty tired at that point, yeah. yeah. And then we drove back and we got fat sandwiches in New Jersey. Yep. Which are a staple. And then we went back to New York. Back to New York. 
and then I asked you, why do you want to date me so bad? I remember you asking. Sure, I said, why wouldn't I? No. You said, well, you know, we already spend so much time together. We hang out all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, you're really hot, so, like, it just makes sense that we would go out. And I just thought, oh, my God, great. Well, thanks a lot for, like, settling for me because, mm -hmm. like, we're, you know, like, good Judies or whatever. I just thought, like, that was, like, the most lackluster answer after all of these... Lackluster answer after a year of answers. Schmaltzy <laughs> things that you've said to me every single time. I mean, you just didn't have, like, a concrete reason. I was worn down at that point. I guess you were out of... I had given up. You were out of rom-com script. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And the rest was perfect forever. Oh my god. Well, right after that, I was supposed to go to Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. For a month, by myself. We'll save that for another time. Okay. Um, but that's sort of... Mm, we don't have to talk about that, I guess. <laughs> um, you're going to have to cut 90% of this podcast. Yeah. Well, do you want to tell you about Cambodia? No, we'll work that in somewhere else. Okay. Next time someone tells a getting robbed and stabbed story. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, okay. Hopefully my mom won't listen to it then. So let's wrap it up. So that was the story of, like, how we got together. Um, yeah, I think... That was the beginning. That was only the beginning. Of road trips, you couldn't have... You couldn't have asked for it to be more dramatic, yeah. like more cinematic, more coming of age story than. It was not just a long drive. <laughs> Definitely uh, was not the trip that I expected, yeah. and also exceeded expectations. It's weird because it definitely feels like it was almost like three or four different things. Yeah. Like the first leg to Graceland was. Not the same as the leg to L.A., mm -hmm. not the leg to San Francisco, yeah. and not the leg home. There were so many great stories that happened in it, it's hard to it's remember them all. Four, like, literally went a giant rectangle, and uh -huh. each side of this rectangle is its own act. But yeah, I mean, play. some of those things like are still jokes for us today. Like, act when is when we met. Oh, please. Like... Las Vegas, like, I <laughs> made the mistake one time of telling you about something that had happened in Vegas, mm -hmm. and you were like, yeah, I know, I was there. Yeah. And that's something that we still do to each other to this day. Also, Las Vegas corrupted me, because it was the first time I had gone to a casino as an adult and won $300 at roulette within 30 minutes. <laughs> so now whenever I go to casinos, I'm like, oh, you just play roulette and you'll win a bunch of money eventually. Oh, and do you want to hear another which, one which of your... Which so far has been about a... Not not as good of a record as right. I would hope for. Do you want to hear another one of your great rom-com lines? Sure. Uh, I feel really paranoid when playing games of chance because I always jinx it. I feel like I always jinx it. Or, like, I get so anxious about it that even if I do win... That's you. That's not what I said. I'm 
Yeah, you're making it sound like that's what I was saying. No, that's not what you said. But me personally, I get anxious. You you think you're a jinx. I get anxious around games of chance. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to get as far away from here as possible Mm -hmm. so that you can actually win something. I'm going to leave. Um, And then after I left the building is like when you won $300. Yeah. So later on you were like, I don't know why you think you're the jinx. I mean, all of my lucky numbers have to do with you. Probably. Also, for the record, same exact scenario happened in Cambodia, and I won $600, but you <laughs> left for an hour. Exactly. And I bet a lot of 14s and yeah. walked away with a free trip to Phuket. So, was it because of your lucky numbers, or was it because I was very far away? I mean, It's because you were there, but not there. Because <laughs> the other times I got a casino, same numbers, I'm not so much winning. <laughs> so, after we got back to New York... We talked about dating. Yeah. But I was still kind of uncomfortable with it, just because, I mean, we were really comfortable as friends. And then, of course, if we start a relationship, it's not like, oh, we're just going to try it out. You know, we're going to start seeing each other. It's like, either you're going to be together or you're going to break up, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you can't be friends again. Yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one. We basically started at, like, a two-year mark. Yeah. Well, you said, I mean, I think we would have a lot of hard times. I think we would fight a lot, but I think we have a lot of good times, too. Sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> it's a very general, very general statement. Um, so, after that, uh, I had about a week before I left for Southeast Asia for a month by myself. And then the night before, you really wanted to see me, and I was, like, a little bit on the fence about it, because, you know, my parents wanted to spend time with me, I had to pack still, um, I didn't really know what to say to you, uh, but when we saw each other, I figured, okay, well, I owe it to you to say, I don't really feel comfortable being your girlfriend. And I think it was the opposite of what you expected to hear that night. Um, and we had a huge fight about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I just felt like, well, the things that you said in the car, like, the reason that you had for us to be together is just because, like, like, we were really close, and, like, we spent time together, and, you know, why shouldn't we be dating? And I could think of a lot of reasons why we wouldn't. Um, and you sort of, like, just laid it down. You were just like, well... Because I'm in love with you. Um, so when you left, you left this envelope for me. And you just said, don't open it until you get on the plane. Um, like, don't open it until, I, you know, you're gone. And that you wrote it before any of this stuff, before we started talking about any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, like, really angry at you. I was really upset um, you sent me, like, some weird text afterwards, and I was, like, so angry about it that I didn't even want to open it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until, like, I would say, like, probably eight hours into my flight that I remembered it. You know, like, uh, I had took off in the early morning, like, I said goodbye to my family and stuff, and so I was sort of trying to think about anything except us. So I opened it, and there was a letter 
and a lot of cash. Um, a lot more cash than probably we should have had after like like three, four weeks mm-hmm. on the road. Um, and in your letter you said that it meant a lot to you that we were best friends and that uh, this is like all the money that you could scrounge up in the one week that we were back and that I shouldn't worry about ever repaying you for it that I should just try and do as much fun stuff as possible in Southeast Asia that would make you jealous uh, and this is like again like not something that people just do like <laughs> it was like kind of the I don't know I was like the most like selfless like um, generous thing that any friend had ever done to me it was like something that I think that I think family does for you um and it sort of made me realize that it wasn't important to you whether or not we were in a relationship which was the biggest question that I had it was like were you only friends with me in trying to date me you know because I thought that like we were really close regardless of like whether or not we were together and it sort of made me feel like an idiot, too. Like, I hadn't sort of acknowledged that, you know, underneath all of this, like, banter and, like, this kind of asshole, jackass front that you were trying to be a real dude. <laughs> so, I wouldn't say that you paid for me to be my girlfriend, but, like, you know, it wasn't totally ineffective. <laughs> Keeping it like a helicopter. North Carolina, I'm on